This is Rowena Dooley asking Seoul citizens to report for duty. And greetings, everyone. Welcome back to Soul Citizens. I'm Griffin Gaming RPG, and we are back today. It's February the 11th, Super Bowl Sunday, and I'm here with two champions amongst the Star Citizen community and the Soul Citizen family. I'm here with, without fast card, I don't have his picture up there. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind people about the Super Bowl. Yes. Griffin, we, you're going to lose people. We have what we <laughs> had two. I know we're supposed to have two, but we only have one right now. And that is, let me introduce him right here. In the flesh, boom! There he is, FC Fastcard. <laughs> I think I think I forgot to hit save when I reset the thing. Fastcard, how uh, are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I, I think I think I got uh, all the shenanigans out of my system from last night, so I should I should be fine today. You feeling better we'll today? See. Okay, well, awesome. That's awesome. It's awesome. As always, good to have you. And last but not least, the one and the only Jade Starwatcher. How are you, Jade? I am. I am fine. I'm doing well. Good, 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 good. Are you guys uh, watching the Super Bowl on the side, or are you like not interested, or are you just going to follow up on it later? Which one? Uh no, that's not my football. That's your I'm thing? Into the other football. Okay, okay. Hey, I got you. <laughs> okay, I got yeah. you. I got I, you. I, I had it on during the pre-show, but before we started, but okay. I turned it off so I can get my full attention to, to the show. But okay. I'll, I'll watch the commercials on, on YouTube later. All right. Well, if we ask you a question and you don't respond, well, that's because you're looking at your monitor or something, paying attention to the game. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. By the way, thank you guys for being here. Uh, today is Super Bowl Sunday, and we know that every year Fast Car says, are we going to do the show? And I say, yes, we're going to do the show because uh, we always do the show. What are we going to say? And last year I said, I'm, I'm going to take Super Bowl Sunday off, but then I looked at the schedule and I said, okay, I'm not going to be on at all this, this February. So let me just do this one show so I can take, take the rest of February off. So, that, so, so, hey, I'm here. That's right. And then you were going to be taking <laughs> off for Black History Month on top of it. So you wouldn't have been on for the whole month of Black History Month. So no, you had to show up at least one day, okay? At least one. At least one day. All right. So yeah, this is Black History Month. And as always, we celebrate with some great history and information. And we're going to do that a little bit later. Uh, but today, our show, interestingly enough, was called Light and Dark, right? Uh, and we are going to be kind of covering this subject of... Uh, I tried to figure out how to say this earlier when I was talking with Fast Cart and Jade. And I guess you could say why people feel so passionately or passionate uh, on the light side and the dark side. On the development of Star Citizen Squadron 42, why people feel very strongly in a positive way and why some people may feel very strongly in the negative way. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. If you're in the middle, you're safe. But if you're on one of the other ends, we might be talking about you today. So we're going to be covering that subject and hopefully you guys will be here for the ride. Um, By the way, I do want to say, welcome yeah. Raiders. Thank, thank you for the raid, New Soul. Appreciate oh, it. Oh, we got thank a raid. You. I missed that. Thank you, New Soul. We appreciate that. And thank you guys once again for being here. If you're watching the Super Bowl, we completely understand. Because if you listen in the background, you hear my family screaming in the background. And so, uh, yeah, I've got five people upstairs who are hollering about the game. So <laughs> I'll try to mute whenever I, whenever I can. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into it. Fast car, I know I'm going to have to transfer your picture again. Because if I didn't save, that means you're not going to be on the next page. 
So let's just go ahead and jump on over there. Yep, and let's put Fast Card in, you guys. We cannot do a show without the one, the only, Fast Card FC. There he is. Alrighty, alrighty. Yeah, alrighty. as much as I give uh, CIG and, and Paul Shelley trouble, uh, uh, grief about uh, Black History Month, I, I have to do a show for, 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 with Soul Citizen doing Black History Month. Absolutely. So yeah, you're right about that. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, are you guys ready, Jade? You ready? I am ready. All right, I'm actually going to go to you first on this very, 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 very first question. Um, and um, this is it. What makes some Star Citizen backers so offensive, not in a bad odory way, Fast Cart, uh, but um, offensive or defensive when it comes to the game? You know, why do people jump to the the white knight side very quickly or why do people jump to the salty side so quickly to you what uh what would be some of the reasons you think that some backers feel so extreme about the game yeah so just in my experience mm -hmm. i i've noticed a lot of long time backers mm -hmm. typically fall into the the more um i'll just say like highly critical very suspect overly skeptical okay um you know, category. Um, okay. And I think it's just that, you know, they've been waiting a long time for this game to be released. And, mm. uh, you know, they may have gotten their hopes up and, you know, this is a game that has sold dreams for, mm. for years. So I think a lot of people, you know, they've, they've looked at how long they've been a backer and, you know, those dreams that they had those years ago that maybe they still can't do yet. And that might be one reason that, um, you know, people, or, uh, you know, as you said, I guess offensive. As far as defensive, I think because of what the game represents, right? Mm. It's totally crowdfunded. It was groundbreaking in that regard, mm. raising, you know, I think it's the, the highest crowdfunded non-crypto project in the world. Um, and, you know, the whole idea of public making a game without a publisher, um, sticking it to the you know, the big studios, um, so people feel that they're defending more than a game I think they were defending a whole idea, a whole new way uh, of creating games, maybe. Interesting, interesting. Do you think that, um, do you think sometimes people defend too much? And I'm gonna use the term white knight here. In other words, um, do you think that there are times when people actually do make excuses for faux pas that might happen within development, whether it's a delay or something gets changed, you know, do, mm -hmm. do you, is there like, you know what I mean? Do you think that sometimes people can be so much to that side that they don't acknowledge that, well, yeah, you know, this, they did mess up on this. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's, you know, propensity of both sides to, to become irrational and whether they're, um, you know, defending the game or, you know, going against it. And I think a lot of their, a lot of that, again, has to do with what it means to them. It's more than a game for the people that are, you know, really, I don't want to say invested, but really, well, I guess, you know, emotionally invested, yeah, yeah. let's say, and, and it's success, right? And so it's something that can cloud their judgment um, when there are things that, you know, can, like a good example of, would be like when um, there was going to be a citizen con where they were going to charge for a stream. And I remember there were people defending that. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. to me, that was going, that was no longer rational at that point. You know, and that's, yeah. I'm picking that as an example because it's an extreme example, but yeah. Well, I, I think that's a, a good example. I think it's a great example. 
FC, what about you? Um, you've been around for a long time too. What do you think makes people feel so one way or the other, you know, to the extremes that they do about the game? Well, before I get into it, I just want to, I just want to say, uh, give Jade her pot because she said long time backer instead of old, old backer. <laughs> I appreciate what, you, what you're doing there and, and I recognize it. So thank you, Jade, for that. You're, you're I welcome. Teach you all the time. Language I teach changes. About... <laughs> <laughs> no, but to answer your question, uh, tribalism, um, not wanting to be wrong or, you know, feeling that they, that, you know, they've invested too, too much to be wrong, whether that's money or just time in, in, in a project. Um, I, 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 I kind of make an analogy, like, a, like you're rooting for your, your sports team. Your sports team can do no wrong unless they lose. But, you know, it, 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 the tribalism has um, really, I don't want to say exponentially, but really grown in the past 10, 20 years since I, you know, since I, I, I've been following not just a citizen, but just stuff in general, whether it be gaming or, you know, other stuff. But, you know, I, yeah, just tribalism and, and you know, rooting for your home team or uh, rooting against uh, whatever someone else is, is rooting for. So, uh, yeah, that seems to be on the rise. Yeah, I didn't think about it from a tribalism standpoint um, because there, there, you can find that there are other people sympathetic to how you feel. And literally just because there's other people who feel that way, you, you know, you feel justified in your thinking. And that could be on either side, right? Whether it's on the light side right. or, or the dark side, people can feel um, very strongly about something. Um, and Jade, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, I mean, let me, let me, well, we didn't talk about this. I didn't present this to you as a question. And the question is, what are some things that you think can, no, okay, you know what? Don't let me forget to ask this question at the end because what I wanna ask is, what do you think backers can do to find some balance? If that makes sense. Okay. And we'll talk about that at the end, because I'm going to do a whole thing on balance at the end, okay? Um, I'm writing that down for you, so don't forget. Thank you, yeah, because I'm getting old and forgetful, so please do. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, let's, let's, let's go ahead and go on to this next one, because I know we've got another, we got plenty of topics here to talk about tonight. Um, what was the most contentious moment you remember in the Star Citizen community? Now, by the way, chat, we'd love to hear from you guys on this. Um, this could be something that happened with CIG, something that happened within the community, something that you saw on Spectrum. What was the most contentious moment where you kind of saw, you know, the light and the dark kind of, kind of come out? <laughs> uh, let me go to you fast card. I'll go to you first. Uh, I, I'm feeling that I'm going to steal someone else's. Uh, I, I, Griffin, I know you like to talk about it all the time, but CitizenCon 2016, when uh, there wasn't any, any uh, very little news or uh, almost no news at all about Squadron 42. Um, they, they, they did a, a presentation about Spectrum instead. But, you know, it turned out later that we found out that, you know, they wanted to do a presentation for Squadron 42, but they it wasn't up to the quality or production that, 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 that they were um, satisfied with. So they decided cut it from 2016 to the And the community was up in arms about that. You know, so it was, it, it, it was tough. It, it was tough because I, I enjoyed uh, Citizen Con 2016 because I got to see people. That was my first time in, in LA. And first time, I think my first time seeing Griffin and, and, and meeting him there. So, and meeting a whole bunch of people. So I, I, I had fun. But just the presentation itself, a lot of people, it left a lot of people unsatisfied. So I think that was a very contentious moment. I don't know about most contentious, but it was 
you know, one of the earlier contentious moments that, 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 that I, I, I can remember. Okay, fair enough. Jade, what about you? Any particular time that you can think of? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was the shift of development prioritization over to Squadron 42. Mm. Um, I, you know, that, it, that to me, in the time that I've been a backer, that's where I saw people who normally, you know, would have been like, okay, you know what, this is fine, really up at arms about what was going on with the project because a, a lot of people did back the game for for Star Citizen and they're not aware. A lot of newer backers aren't aware that the original pitch was for Squadron 42. And so that whole shift took a lot of people by surprise and some people felt actually offended by it. And I, I, so I think in terms of the community and, you know, people, um, as you said, white knighting or, you know, yeah, I think that was that was one that really, to me, like you were on one side or the other. You know, nobody was, typically was in the middle of that, and yeah. And if I can comment, it, 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 it's really amusing. Well, amusing is not the right word, but you know, the, the Kickstarter was mostly about Spartan for the two, which uh, Star Citizen came later. So when the CIG said that they wanted to shift development from Star Citizen to Spartan for the two, that was the you know original goal, basically. So they're just trying to fulfill their promise. But I can see, like, I mean, early early backers tend to have back for Squadron 42, but later backers are backing more for, for Star Citizen. So it, I guess it depends on like what tribe you're in. Are you in the Star Citizen tribe or you're in the Squadron 42 tribe? That, 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 that um, can affect how you feel about that. I think too, yeah. Jade, to Jade's point, I think that Star Citizen is what people had in their hands too. You know, uh, that was tangible. Squadron 42 has been kind of intangible. And so, to hear, we already feel like it's taking a long time for Star Citizen, the Persistent Universe to come out. Now you're gonna say, oh, by the way, we're gonna take a good amount of our staff and move them all over <laughs> for the next couple of years to work on Squadron. And we already, many people felt like we were already moving at a snail's pace, right? So now it's like, oh, really? You're gonna slow it down even more? So Jade, I think that's a, that did create a, a lot of contention uh, within the community. It did push some people that normally were probably more neutral to kind of be like, what, you know? Um, sure. I'm going to go back to one that I mentioned on our earlier when we were talking, and that was the uh, being charged to watch CitizenCon. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, it was going to be twenty dollars. Is that sound about right? Yeah. That yeah. was one of CitizenCon twenty nineteen seventeen. It wasn't Austin, it was, I don't think, was it? Because Austin say was eighteen. It was an odd number. So I want to say nineteen. It was nineteen. I'm 19. pretty sure. Nineteen. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who weren't around back then, at one point. Uh, CIG had put out an announcement and mind you, you have to remember precedent was that we had always watched citizen con gamescom PAX East dragon. Con. These were all things that we saw for free and CIG at this one particular point said, Oh, we're going to charge $20 to be able to watch it live. And, uh, the place, the, the bar, the barn caught on fire basically, you know, and I don't know how long it took for them to flip on that. Do you guys remember? I want to say a week. I was just, long? I was just wondering that Maybe myself. I want to say a week. Maybe a no, week. It took less than that. It was, it was less a couple than days. days. It was a few days. I feel like it was like three days. Yeah, it wasn't very long. <laughs> like, it seemed really right. like, cause, cause I think when I think about it, when I think that mm -hmm. if it had been a week, there mm -hmm. would have been a lot of like really bad feelings 
that would have lingered. And it, it seemed that they corrected they it pretty it quick. quickly. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think they stomped on it within a week. It was less than a week, though. But yeah, it was. People okay. weren't happy about that. You were talking about people who normally are quiet. That one really lit up the fire uh, when people did that one. Um, FC, you got another one? What else? What else you got? You got another one you can drop? So, like, so they, on the original Kickstarter, they announced that, you know, they expected Squad and Fighter 2 to come out in 2014, then it pushed it back to 2016. And, you know, during 2015, there was a big push, um, not, I, I wouldn't say advertising or marketing, but they were interviewing or showing interviews for all the squadron for the two stars, like uh, Jillian Anderson, mm -hmm. Gary Oldman, Mark Hamill, Jay, uh, John Reese Davis. Yep. So it seemed like there was this big push for squadron for the two in 2015. And matter of fact, at the end of uh, 2015, uh, Mark Hamill and uh, Chris Roberts appeared in, in the Video Game Awards show. So mm -hmm. it, it seemed like the release or an announcement for Squad Footage who was imminent, and then we nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and people, I think that turned a lot of people off. And matter of fact, I want to say that because of that, it seemed like I want to say that was like the the rise of of, of, of the refundings. That, 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 that's when it really picked up steam. Mm. Okay. Okay. Jade, what about you? Have you got another one? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, Charles DCI just said it in chat. The the noise comment on Spectrum. I don't know if if you recall, Griff, but I don't remember. what was that? There was there was uh, well, it it really was a boiling over. I think of all the people who you know when something would slip off of the roadmap mm -hmm. that would get upset. And I see. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, mm -hmm. but. I'll just paraphrase okay. what the comment was, was just, you know, saying that because of, you know, a lot of the, oh, the noise from oh, the oh, community oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, were, yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, it, it's funny because like, mm. um, I, I didn't take offense to it. I'll, right? say, it, I'll I, say it for you, Jay. People yeah. basically were saying CIG was blaming the community. <laughs> Right, people, people, people thought the CIG was blaming the community. I mean, there were, to be fair, there mm -hmm. there were people in the community who weren't necessarily the most informed mm -hmm. and did make a lot of noise. noise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and so, but I just think the wording could have been better. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 whether there was frustration in there or whether it was just not outlaid, you know, laid out the best way possible, um, it's interesting to see how that has resolved itself, right? Um, I felt a certain kind of way when CIG did that. And it wasn't I, the way I felt was the, the year long roadmap never bothered me. You know, if stuff disappeared off of it, it just disappeared, you know, and I've been around long enough to see things disappear and reappear and everything else. And I felt, I felt, I felt like I got cheated. Um, but in reality, now that they've gone to this new format, you don't hear all that smoke that you used to hear back in the day. So, you know, it may not have been worded well, but the decision seemed to work. You know, it's kind of kept people from projecting too much into the project uh, the, more than they should. Reload, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Was that resub, right? Resub, yeah, thank you. Resub, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know, that whole roadmap change, that, that, I, that was a, a major contention in, in, in the community because you know just like this is why we can't have nice things i, I like to say that but this, this is true because yeah. people were saying like you know um for, 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 for people who may not remember cid used to put out the world map for, for, for a year 
mm-hmm. for you know around a year, but uh, but then they change it from uh, instead of a year just to one path. Yeah, and especially content creators were uh, upset about that because you know that gave them less to talk about, less content. Mm-hmm. But you know it, it, the reason why they did it because uh, uh, CID, I, I guess they could they poorly worded it. They could have worded it better, mm-hmm. but you know. Yeah. Um, CID was saying that, you know, backers were saying, oh, you promised this, but it's not a promise, it's just an expectation. But, you mm-hmm. know, people took it as a promise. But so so they had to scale it back in order to lessen the, lessen the pressure on them, I, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one I've got was contentious was when the TOS started to change. And this kind of goes back to you a little bit, Fast Cart, with refunds. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? That one became a real yeah. issue too, because in the early days, if you wanted to refund with CIG, you could kind of write them a nice letter and they'd give consideration to it and you'd get a refund. Um, but then we got, you know, years into the project and then the TOS came out and they cut back on being able to do refunds. And I remember that was a, a real big one where people got really upset about that. And, I, you know, I don't know if it's because they were planning on refunding at some point and all of a sudden they couldn't. I don't know, but people got really upset with the limited time yeah, that you have for the game. And, 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 and that's a funny thing, or not a funny thing, but an, an unusual thing. Like, people get upset about something that they never intend to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why? I mean, if people just want <laughs> How does this option? affect you, right? How does it affect you, right? Yeah, I get right? it. Right? <laughs> I get it. I got it. Jade, have you got another one before before I go to fast car? Uh, go to fast car because I'm thinking of another okay, one. Okay, right I've got now. I've got one more, but I'll go to fast car first. FC, what about you? Most uh, contentious moments. I have two more, but this, I'm just I'm gonna say I have one more. Okay. This, this is um, think whenever there's a negative article from a big name news company like mm-hmm. Forbes, mm-hmm. that creates a lot of contention in in, in in the community. Um, and like specifically the Forbes one, because a lot of people, some people say it was a hit piece. Some people say it's not really. Uh, uh, how do I want to say this? It's not. Some people will say it's not proper journalism, but it's more, it's more of an, an opinion piece. And you know, people go go back and forth on that. And if you actually read it, it uh, it, it it was rough, especially that that Forbes piece. But not just Forbes. It's, you know, I I don't want to name a certain name name, but there's a, quite a few articles along those lines over the years. Yeah, yeah, we saw some real bad. I mean, Forbes was probably the most recent real big one. But back in that period, like you said, between 2015 through 2017, there was some pretty brutal stuff that got got, got put out there, and, and some of it became very personal, which was which which, is, which was sad. Um, a contentious moment for me, unless Jade's got one. Jade, have you got one? Because I've got uh, yeah, I, time. I've got one. This one isn't for me, but it's it's one that has sort of come back again recently, and it was when CIG made the uh, explicit policy against stream sniping. Mm. Yeah, and and you know, just like recently, there have been events where mm-hmm. um, Silo has had to answer on Spectrum um, a a joint letter from the PvP community about what what is and is not allowed, and and I, so I think it was contentious among a segment of the community, but not the entire Star right. Citizen community. That's yeah. a that's a good one. Um, I was gonna go with. <laughs> Anytime there's departure of people or layoffs, <laughs> um, 
How yeah, many times that's have fair. Heard, how many times have we heard there's something wrong at CIG because some people left, <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden people start wanting to pull up the financials and find out who the left and falling. go to LinkedIn and, and read what somebody said about departing from the company and CIG has got 60 days worth of revenue left or they're going to end in three, whatever the case may be. The sky 90 was always, days? Yeah, 90 days. Yeah, remember that oh. one, 90 days. Yeah, they only have enough funding for 90 days. Uh, so many times that would come up and create, you know, either panic amongst the community. Some people didn't pay attention to it, but for those people who are watching every little thing that happened within CIG, uh, there would be some people who really would lose some sleep uh, and wonder whether or not, um, you know, something bad was going to happen. We, we've had that recently with just a few people that left with the Look at that. What happened with the Banu Merchantman, right? Fast cart. That was a contentious moment for a lot of people. I mean, it was in reality. I mean, uh, I don't mean disappointment. How big is that? I, I don't think that many Oh, no, no. People. Listen, yeah, I had some, some people, people who yeah. went into a hole like, oh, that's stupid. How could they have a whole department? And they didn't have no backup to up. Uh, trust me. I, I heard some oh, people yeah, who were yeah, not yeah, yeah, very yeah. happy about that. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, you know, I'm again, you know, it, it's we've seen that rear its ugly head before. Uh, and we just gave you guys just some examples of different points of contention that have happened, um, you know, within the community over the years. But we could, we could go on and on on this particular subject, but we won't. We'll go on to the... The next one here um okay salt and sugar uh i saw jolly uh, green giant drop this in earlier about sunk cost fallacy but entitled cynicism and sunk cost fallacy and, and just so you guys will know that we're not just using these words out of context i put the definitions down so that all of our panel would be on the same page and you guys know that we just didn't just yank these words out of the air okay uh entitled believing oneself to be inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment, cynicism, an inclination to believe that people are motivated purely by self-interest and skepticism, and then, of course, sunk cost fallacy, the phenomenon whereby a person is reluctant to abandon a strategy or a course of action because they have invested heavily in it, even when it is clear that abandonment would be more beneficial. Uh, Jade, I'll go to you this one on this one first here. Um, sure. Pick whichever side you want, <laughs> whichever one you want to talk about. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. You got the entitlement and cynicism or the sunk cost fallacy side of things. So entitlement, I think. Yeah. That's the one you want to go uh, with? <laughs> well, it, it, well, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I'll go with that one. Okay. Um. So yeah, so yeah, there is a great sense of entitlement. Um, I mean, I think you brought it up once, Griff, where there were literally backers that wanted to install cameras in the bathrooms at CIG. I remember that story. Yeah, I don't know if that was you that told it, but I like, that's the extreme entitlement some people have that they feel that because they've bought a, a you know starter package or or maybe they bought a javelin or they've got a Legatus pack, they feel that they should be able to look over the shoulders of CIG employees at work, even if they were in the bathroom, right? Um, is that kind of what you're going for? Yeah, I mean that, that's fine. I mean, there, there's yeah. quite well, there, you could go that way. Absolutely, you know, they they felt like they had a say, right, yeah. in the operations. I remember when CIG bought their um, uh, what's oh, the door? No, 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 not the door. The doors. Oh. Yeah, we can talk about the door too. But the other thing, the uh, the coffee thing, the um. The ca not the cappuccino machine, but their, uh, what's it called, y'all? Espresso? The espresso machine they bought. Right. Yeah, right. They bought a professional thing. You know, they've got a person there that gives them coffee, like a, like a you know, like a barista. 
And uh, yeah. there were some people that went ape about that. You know, the, the the amount of money they were spending on the studio. You know, uh, this that that's in L.A. Um, then, of course, the doors were another one that folks had some say about those doors that they built the RSI doors, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, but I, I was also looking at entitlement from the aspect of there's a consumer side, right? When we pay for something, we look for something in return for it, right? Yeah. And, and fair enough. That's not, nothing against that at all. I think we all do expect something to come back. Um, but I think that there becomes a an attitude of me being able to dictate how things should happen which is changes the dynamic a little bit, right? Um, and so there are people who may feel uh, certain things should happen because they have contributed to the project. And unfortunately- oh, yeah, everybody wants their ship made. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well the, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand people wanting their ship. I gave this example the other day, you know, like let's say you were one of those people who bought, uh, let's say the Endeavor. No, not the Endeavor. Let's say the Band of Merchantmen. Let's pick yeah. on Fast Card. <laughs> let's pick on Fast Card. Band of Merchantmen, yeah. right? And the Bandu Merchantman, <laughs> since the Bandu Merchantman comes out, we've seen we've seen the Idris. We don't have it, but we've seen it. The Retaliator has come out. Uh, the Starfarer has come out. All those things we had concept drawings of have come out, right? And then you get those ships that CIG seems to pull out of thin air, like the Valkyrie, right? Which nobody knew was going to come out, right? And then we even went back and got the Zeus, you know, <laughs> a Zeus two, and brought that in. My family's going crazy. Sorry, guys. So you've got all this stuff going on, and here's poor Fastcart. What is Banu Merchantman saying? <laughs> you know, where's my ship? Um, and I'm not saying that's entitlement. You know, that's that's him saying, you know, God, I wish my ship was out, all this other stuff is out. But there are the people who will say, I don't care what the situation is. I should have had my ship by now. And based on what? Well, that, and that becomes the question, right? Is it because of time passing? Is it because technology isn't there? Is it there because even if we gave your ship, like, I'm not trying to be funny, y'all, but I've had a reclaimer since the reclaimer came out. And for years, the reclaimer did nothing, you know? And so to have the reclaimer was great, but as far as what to do, I wasn't using it as a, you know, cargo runner or anything, you know? I wasn't using it as a medical transport. It just sat there and... You, Jade, you were around back in the day. Fast card, you were too. Remember when you used to spawn a Starfarer in the game back in the day when the tech didn't allow yeah, for a Starfarer? And you crashed the whole server, right? <laughs> so now you're talking about bringing a freaking Banu Merchantman in, you know, and, and, and not to be funny, how many people would be flying their Banu Merchantman around if they was in the game? You know? Yeah. That's probably as many people that fly 890 jumps around in the game. Yeah, right. So the question yeah. becomes, you know, is it practical to put in the game right now when none of the cameras? Really? I know some people feel differently about Joe, it. But as long as I've been waiting for that ship, mm -hmm. you can bet <laughs> until the game goes live, I'm going to be flying it a lot. Okay? No, I don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying you wouldn't fly it. I'm just saying that once people get past, it's like when the whole C came out. You know, a lot of us were anticipating the whole C, but once we flew it out a few times and that was it, you know, how often do I see whole Cs flying around in the universe right now? You don't, you know, it's just because the mechanics aren't there for it. So anyway, that's what we were talking about, about entitlement. It has more to do with the fact that when people get to a point of dictating how things should happen in the game, you know, without having all the information behind why maybe something isn't put into the game. Um, FC, let me go to you. Cynicism, entitlement, sunk cost fallacy. Any of those you want to pick up on? I, I have something for entitlement and, and sunk cost fallacy. Okay. I think you already called it entitlement. I go with sunk cost fallacy. Um, our good friend Montoya did a, um, a video, I want to say 18, 18 months, two years ago. 
uh, covering a another YouTuber talk, covering um, Star Citizen, and you know the the, uh, the point that he was that he was making is that um, we've invested too much to let to walk away from Star Citizen, and th 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 that was the point that the YouTuber was trying to make. Like we we can't walk away now because. We, we, We've sunk too much time or sunk too much money into the project. Where you know some women they've only only sunk uh, forty five dollars, mm -hmm. but, but you know quite a few of us have sunk have put more into it. Okay. So we're too invested to get out. We can't get out no matter what we do. We 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 we're, we're brainwashed. We, we don't have a save. We just have to stay in. And and that that was um, I think that's a a. a a feeling or belief that quite a few people have uh, outside the Thursday community or quite for the community that's that, that's not true. My question would be what why would you get out if you've already bought a game package you're you're in, right? So like you know, what does getting out even mean? It's it, it's like what you're not going to follow development. Okay. You don't need to. Let me give you example. Wait till the game's released. Let right? me give let me give example of what what it could be. And I'll, I'll use this as an example because FastCard did this and I did it. FastCard, you played Eve, right? Yeah. How much time and money do you think you put into Eve? <laughs> I actually did not spend a, a lot of money. Okay, but Eve how much time? I, yeah, but I think four years, four years. And I mean, like how many hours do you think you were playing? Ooh, I would play at least eight hours a day. <laughs> okay. So multiply that times four. <laughs> okay. So now my question to you is, do you play Eve now? No. Why not? You invested four yeah, years no of your life into it. Why? Why? You still your your stuff is still there. You could actually go back into Eve and play it. And I have, and I have got, gone back a, a few times. But I was like, no, I, I'm still over this. Because what in my 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 specific story is Eve Online has this way of you you can earn in game um, time mm -hmm. uh, code or uh, called Plex. Right, but um, you know, back in the day when I when I was playing Eve, it was a ninety day plant, and it was like two hundred million. Mm -hmm. So two hundred million uh, is that's the end game currency. Right. So I could afford, I could make like one point five billion is, mm -hmm. and just like had five accounts in Eve because that it, it, it was pretty easy for me to make that much money and like have a ninety day um flex or game times each time but then eve online or ccp developers shortened shorten the flex time from 90 days to 30. right and because they shortened the shortened the time the price skyrocketed right so when you took out 200 million dollars for a 90 day flex it became like <laughs> 500 million dollars 500 million is for a um for a 30 day um flex and i just could not afford that time five so I, that, 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 that that's when that's when i stopped right now, for me, Jade, I played for seven years. And like Fast Cart, I played it. I walk away. I come back. They do an update. I come back. But there came a point where I literally walked away from playing the game. And I and again, it's not because all my stuff is. If I were to go back and log back in, my stuff would still be there. But I literally have walked away from that game. Um, and and it's that I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm emphasizing this is because Fast Cart's point is, is that sunk cost fallacy doesn't necessarily, it's not a rule. You could have a tremendous amount of time and money invested into a game and, you know, and walk away from it. I don't, I, I don't, I, I never played E because it's like, oh, I've got all this money. I've got all these ships and it took me seven years to get here. I've stayed in. I literally one day said, I'm done. <laughs> and that was it. And so to Fast Card's point, 
there will be people who will say they're on, like, like Jade, you're only in here because you've invested so much time and money. Not that you're choosing to be here, <laughs> but that's what they'll say, you know? Okay. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that there aren't people in here like that. There may be some people in here who feel like, whether consciously or subconsciously, they've invested so much time and so much money into it that to walk away from it would be a hard thing for them to do. I would hope that they wake up to that because that's yeah, not a good if, reason. Mm -hmm. If somebody made that statement about me, I mean, it would show that they don't really know me because the reason that I backed the game was because I wanted to see how it was developed. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to see these future things before you know the game was released. Mm -hmm. So I'm here. I'm along for the ride. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not. I'm not here because of some class fallacy. I'm right. here because this is what I signed up for. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, if, if I may, I'd like to give a, 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 another example of mm -hmm. Fortour, Star Wars George Republic. Oh, yeah. Not the, not, not the single player game. I was in that for three, or, three to four years, too. And it got to a point, my breaking point was for that game. I was, I played that at least eight hours a day. I, 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 when I play a game, I'm really, I really, I really play a game. That's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I'm not into uh, Star Citizen right now because I don't want to burn myself out. Mm -hmm. But for a, for a full tour, I, I, I was the, the juggernaut or the, um, the, the, the warrior tank, basically, but, but I was a DPS um, build. But it came up with this um, new um, expansion, I believe it was the throne, I forget in the name of it, but anyway. I played it on one of my characters, and it took me six hours to get through. The problem is, I had 15 characters. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I would not, I didn't really enjoy the, the content that, 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 of, of that expansion. Mm -hmm. And that was my breaking point. I, 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 it's like, I can't, I can't do this six hours, six hours times 15 or 14 more times. Yeah. So that, that was when I quit. So yeah. Yeah, that was my breaking point. Yeah. And it's interesting with sunk cost fallacy, it doesn't have to be about money, guys. You know, sunk cost fallacy can be what FastCard said. It could just be just the time that you've committed to a game. That time has value. You know, your, your time has value to it. And to look back and say, did I waste five years or four years? Uh, people can get to a point where they feel like, well, I can't let go now. I've been here this long. You know, I, I, I got to stay. Um, but again, hopefully that's not the reason why. And I do appreciate something Citizen Shenanigans said, Jade. And it's citizen uh, shenanigan said, can't walk away because there's nothing else like it. And exactly. I, and I, and I found, exactly yeah, I found myself going and playing other games and I always find myself coming back to star citizen, no matter what I always do, even if it's just to check in, even if it's just to do a little something, you know, uh, as empty as it may be in comparison to other games, there's something about this particular game that no matter what I play, no matter how much enjoyment I have with something else, I always can find myself coming back here, even in its current state, and really feel good about, you know, playing the game still. You know, that's me. Yeah. And mm -hmm. One thing I do want to mention, I don't really have anything for synergism, like the inclination and belief. Oh, let me get started. I got one for it. Okay. Unless Jay's no, got go something, ahead, I'll jump in. You go first. Well, the cynicism comes, and I, we've talked about this in the past on other shows. Um, I have a, 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 a real battle with cynicism because I think that it's valid and it's justified in some places. And then I think there are other places where it's very much manufactured, not manufactured by the backers, but manufactured by an industry that has created a certain mentality toward games. Um, you know, there's certain words we use, and Jade, you and I were talking about uh, 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 talking points earlier, right? There yeah. are there are talking points in games that people use all the time. Uh -huh. You know, next generation, next level, 
um, you know, state of the art, you know, next generation, yeah, whatever, you know, they come up with all these phrases, right? And they, they become so much a, a, a part of marketing in the gaming community that when we hear them, even if we know we've heard it before, our ears still perk up from it. And we often see that new game and hope that that new game is going to be not just different, but actually something that's, for lack of a better phrase, a game changer, right? That it, it brings something different and new, not just a revamping or a rehashing of what's been done and developed in the past. And we've heard it so much. I mean, we've been, and we've seen inklings of it. Uh, I'm not, again, I don't want to pick on it because I always bring this game up, but Anthem, you know, Anthem, people who played Anthem saw so much possibility in Anthem. They were like, man, if they develop this out, this is going to be the bomb. It, that wasn't just a marketing piece. They actually saw the potential of where that game could go and then got disappointed by it. You know, you have companies that have been longstanding companies that have been around a long time that have produced games that have done very well. And then, you know, another game is going to come out and we look forward to it. And then the game doesn't do what it is. So there's this roller coaster of emotion that takes place with gamers. And over the years, and after getting beat like that for so long, so long, you almost can't help the fact of gamers feeling like, yeah, tell me, yeah, tell me another one. You know, the, the, the cynicism is just built up for so long. Um, Jade and, and Fastcard, you both remember how much energy it took to convince people that Star Citizen, and some people still don't believe this, is not uh, pay to play. Right? Oh, yeah. Because pay to play became such a big thing for so long. And then when you had, and this was a subconscious thing, right? But remember when EA did the the Star Wars Battlefront stuff and the loot boxes yeah, and all that stuff, the whole idea of pay to play and winning and putting up money to get the advancement over other people. And then Star Citizen freaking comes out and says, yeah, not only are you going to pay 25 bucks, you're going to pay 2,500 bucks. Well, that was the epitome of freaking pay to play in a lot of people's minds. The idea of a game that says that you can have something bigger, but it doesn't mean that you're better was not the normal thing that the gaming industry had been purporting to people. So people have always felt you get the gold armor, it's better. You get the platinum armor, it's better. And so that translated into this project. And so when it got pitched, people got excited because from a nostalgia point of view, as people who knew Chris Roberts said, hey, this is like the George Lucas of gaming returning to make his new game. But then when people started seeing the amount of money that was being raised, and we had never seen money like that being raised, then of course, red flags went up and people became cynical and said, well, you know, $6 million, $8 million, $12 million, $40 million. When's the game going to come out? Uh, $60 million, $80 million. When's the game going to come out? $90 million. Then you had the people who I will leave nameless because I don't want to say they name five times in the mirror because they might show up. But then you had the people who wanted to say that, you know, it, they're going to need at least $200 million to make this game or it'll never be made. Now, when you've got somebody who's an industry person who says that and people are listening to them, well, they say, well, that guy works in the industry. He knows what he's talking about. So then that creates greater cynicism. And so there's this constant thing. So I'm saying I understand where some of that cynicism comes from. I really do. As much as I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Can you give us the defin your, your, your definition or a meaning between pay to play versus pay to win? Pay to play versus pay to, pay to win. Well, actually, it's pay to win, not pay to play. I should have said pay to okay, win. You, you, you I said pay to play. Win. I said pay to win. I should have said pay to win. Thank you. Thank you for that okay. correction. Yeah, because I, I was I was trying not to say uh, play to earn, and I got my phrases <laughs> mixed oh, up. Okay. I was trying not to say play to earn. I was thinking about Star... Uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I know. What's the game, Fast Cart? 
Another game we play. Star Atlas. Star Atlas. Star Atlas. Star Atlas. I was thinking about Star Atlas in my head, right? But yeah, pay to pay to win. You did say time is worth money. Yes, yes, this is true. This is true. This is true. Now that's the side of the cynicism that I that I do understand that that's manufactured. The part that frustrates me with the cynicism is that many gamers today, and this is the old man talking, y'all. So just bear with the old geezer. You know, um, I'll have my Geritol later. Um, Many gamers today were not around when games were innovative and they've only known the games that have been produced over the last maybe 10 to 15, 20 years that we didn't see a lot of strong innovation take place. So those terms like next generation, next level, anything else are, for them means something entirely different to me. Um, I remember games when I remember true innovation. When I say innovation, I'm talking about on a technical level, um, fast cart, we can go back to 8-bit to 16-bit to 32-bit to hardware sound cards i mean my my biggest example <laughs> of innovation is homeworld the first the first, first homeworld home yeah for me it was ultima the ultima series you know going back to uh -huh. ultima um i'm just saying i remember seeing leaps leaps that literally took place that changed the way gaming is and many people today diablo very good many people never experienced that so when you start talking about something that chris roberts is talking about them identifying with something changing like that seems too pie in the sky. It seems too pie in the sky. And my so feeling, about, go ahead, Jake, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go continue. And my feeling is I haven't seen it in a while. And I want to see it because I haven't seen that pie in the sky in a while. I used to see it. We, when we went from games like Zork, which was all text-based, right? And then we first got our first, you know, what EV, EVGA was it fast card green screen VGA, monitor VGA. or yeah VGA yeah. I mean that was a freaking leap when we went to 16 color that was a leap we went to 64 we went to 128 I mean th those were I mean you saw you saw gaming change and and many people have here the biggest change they've seen is just going from you know PS4 to a PS5 and I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm just saying that's the technological right, leap, right, right? Right. But is it something that changes the industry and changes the way games are done? So I understand the cynicism. You know, I do. Um, but it, it's sad because I've said this before on the shows before, and I'm gonna quit talking because I've been talking too long. I, it bothers me because gamers were the biggest dreamers in the world, and we, in some ways, have no longer the dreamers. We become the cynics. And that's somewhat because the industry has made us that way. I'll be the first one to admit it. The industry has made us cynics, where before we were the ones that were pushing for electronic arts and microprose and all these companies to make something different and better. And yeah, yeah, the Quest games. Well, I, I, Charles, I, I, yeah, I, I, you remember the Quest games? Absolutely. Good FC. And then Jay, I mean, Jay wants to say something. I don't know. The issue is that companies or you know publishing don't want to put don't want to have too much risk and mm -hmm. and, and and the game that's not uh, you know guaranteed to make a, make a lot of money per se. You know yeah. they're, they're more into money making. This is you know that is cynicism. They're more into money making than being um, you know evolutionary or revolutionary as the case may be. So that that, that that had changed over the past twenty or ten years. And to your point, those games that we talked about earlier were done by game developers. This is, we didn't have. There weren't publishers back then, guys. They published them. They were self publishing. Micropro self-published. Sublogic got bought out by Microsoft, who did the first flight simulators, but they were self-publishing. Electronic Arts was self-publishing. There was no Sony publishing games, you know, 
that 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 was not the case. That came later. And so to your point, Fast Cart, you're right. The dynamic definitely changed because it went more to a corporate structure and worrying about ROI, where back in the day, developers wanted to create something that was new and brand and different. That was their challenge. Jay, what were you going to ask? Him? Of, oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead Jade. Uh, yeah, I was going to, well, this, you should go because this is this is going to lead to a whole other discussion. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was going to say that Simpatha makes a great point that innovation went away. So yeah. That, and quality has gone, game quality has gone down. So yeah. that's a great, great point. That's all. Awesome. So my, my question is how much cynicism is fueled by articles, content creators mm. that have a certain narrative mm. that isn't necessarily beneficial to Star Citizen yeah. because, of the, because of what it is, because it isn't trying to do what every other, you know, remake of a game has done, yeah. right? It's trying to do new things, different things. Anytime you try to do anything new or different, gaming or otherwise, you're going to get, you're going to get criticism. Yeah. That's just how it is. That's a good right? point. That's a good point. It, but it, I, I think a lot of, to me, a lot of the cynicism aimed at Star Citizen mm -hmm. from the gaming, you know, mm -hmm. universe. And I'm talking about like our gaming on mm -hmm. you know, PC gaming, whatever on uh, Reddit and those places. It's just people don't know there can be things done a different way. Yeah. And they listen to somebody who they trust yep. because they said, you know, some game they loved was great before mm -hmm. they bought it. Mm -hmm. And now, of course, their opinion on Star Citizen matters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's just my, it's, you I, know, my take on on the content creator and article fueled cynicism. Yeah. I struggle on both sides. I struggle with the content creator and publisher. Well, let me say this. I struggle with the content creator who's on the outside of our community and I struggle with the one on the inside of our community. Okay. okay. Let okay. me deal with the, let me deal with the one on the outside of our community first. Um, some of this comes down to what is what we, what we consider objective journalism, right? And many of the journalists, in Fastcart and I, we look at several of the different journalists who write stuff, online journalists who write stuff. And the most frustrating thing with their writing is usually you can tell that they didn't do research. I don't know where they get their information from, but it's they only have half the story. They only have a portion of the story. Very few of them will ever say, I went in and spent eight hours in the game, you know. Um, and a lot of them will say that this is a post from Reddit and just regurgitate what's there. Exactly, exactly. And so I look for the, I, I try to read them and say, okay, where are you getting your information from? Did you have, did you experience it? Or did you, did you watch somebody else play? Or did you say I sat and watched Twitch and watch? There's never a point of where the sourcing came from that says, this is how I came to this conclusion. That is, uh, what's the one star uh, that we always see the one periodical fast car that always says that Star Citizen has the worst, the worst business model in gaming industry. It's like, really? The worst business model? Really? Uh, you got companies that have failed, disappeared, have eaten the money up, and they've gone off and went on an island somewhere, and you're saying Star Citizen is the worst one. You know, and, and that is frustrating that that exists. And unfortunately, they have a voice, and there are people who listen to them. And, you know, and, and they have a name or a label and they have, they happen to come across their articles and, and, and they seem to be authoritative in what they say. And so people are going to absorb that. And I get that. And of course, there's also the monetary dynamic, right? The clickbait side of it, Jay, that obviously we know works to another side. Now, when yeah, it's within the, the algorithm, right? The, yeah, the algorithm. Now, when it's within the community, this one gets to be tough because I am not against criticisms of CIG or the development or the game or features or anything else. If people are being genuinely honest about their observations of the game, if they say this is how they feel, in my opinion, 
Um, you know, I wish that it was this way. That's fine. They have the freedom of expression to do that and to, and to do that. And within the community, and we need to be critical because first of all, there could be things that CIG honestly and genuinely misses. And there are people out there who've been playing games for a very long time who could see something, identify something that maybe CIG wasn't aware of. They tell us that they read the forum posts and everything else because they do want to hear from what, what the community has say, not just praises, but also the times when we need to say, hey, CIG, this, that, and the other, you know, what are you doing? That's okay. We're not against that. But I am, I do worry about those who create that negativity, that dark side within the community for the sake of a clickbait for the sake of um, knowing that there is a certain demographic out there that if I feed this to them, then I know that they're gonna come and get on the red meat. And it, it has nothing to do with trying to improve the state of the game. Maybe they're mad. Like we had one content creator who was mad at CIG. They made it very clear. They were upset about something that happened between them and CIG and they were a complete on the light side person. And they had this one thing happen with CIG and they became Darth Vader. They went the other way completely. And after that, they were the most critical person about CIG. And it was because of an incident that took place. Not because all of a sudden they saw some new perspective on the game, but because they felt a certain kind of way. Now that is the thing that bothers me that I wrestle with on the other side when it comes to people who are on the cynicism side within the community. So, you guys got anything? I don't have anything to add to that. Yeah, no, I, I, I just I agree one hundred percent, and I, I right. feel that there there are certain content creators mm -hmm. that if Star Citizen were released mm -hmm. and it's a great game, it would be their worst nightmare. Mm -hmm. This old phrase we call the Jake gonna be eating crow. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> find a new job. They mm -hmm. literally have to find yeah. a new way of generating income. I'm, I'm gonna tell you what the difficulty is: is that people have short memories, and even if that person was the most avid person against it, their followers or their viewers or their listeners are not gonna stop listening to them. They're gonna. They're, what that person will do is basically whitewash it as if it never happened. And they'll move on. I'll move the game post. They'll move on. Gold post. Or the goal post. But or they'll move on. See, but they were really hardcore. They'll just move on and talk about something else. We had there's somebody who you know was in the community who for years was ragging on Star Citizens development, and now you don't hear from them. They've moved on. Yep. And so that's what a lot of them will do. Or to Fast Cart's point, some of them will slowly start to see the Titanic start to move away from the iceberg, and they'll start to slowly <laughs> move right along with it, you know, and and speak positively and say that they always believed in it. They just felt this, that, and the other, and blah, 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 you know? And that's just the way it'll be. And then we just have to accept uh, that for quick, what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. Real quick before we move on, you, uh, back to entitlement. Uh, a lot of, uh, especially, I want to say, long time back, entitlement, because, you know, sometimes we, we, we we regret that we didn't back sooner because you know we didn't get that golden ticket or we didn't get that <laughs> piano for the for, 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 for the phoenix so hey don't start like, on that oh, piano please, <laughs> please, 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 please make, make these things available again because i missed my chance and, and like come on cid please do it so yeah i think that's a that, that is a sense, a sense of entitlement that you know um long time back well entitlement well you gotta remember entitlement means when you believe something's owed to you 
Okay. Right. And I think it's a little bit different. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I wanted that piano, but, um, (laughs) but, um, you know, I think that if there's a feeling that says, you know, uh, how come I didn't get that chance, you know, blah, 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 you know, and, and, and mind you, you know, this has been a really interesting conversation because recently people were complaining about the amount of ships that are in the game, right? Certain ships that go for sale. And we basically sat down and did the math and said, okay, they've sold, I'll, I'll pick the random number, but let's just say they've sold, I'm picking a random number off the top of my head right now. Let's say there are a thousand Idrises out there right now. Let's say there are 5,000 Idrises in the game. No, let's say there are 10,000 Idrises that people have bought over the last 10 years. You with me so far? Yeah. Okay. How many people do we have registered on the website right now? Over 5 million. How many of those do you think are duplicates or something along those lines? I think we said half. About half, right? So let's, let's, let's give it more than that. Let's say there are 3 million legitimate accounts on the website. Now, let's say there are 10,000 uh, Idris's, right? This is before the game gets launched. Jade, I'm going to ask you, how many people do you think when Star Citizen comes out in Squadron 42 will sign up for Squadron for, for Star Citizen, possibly? If there's look already 3 million. Look at Starfield's numbers right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. That's where, yeah. Okay. So if, if yeah. even if we jump to 10 million people, 10 million, mm-hmm. you know, 10 million people. Yep. And those other 7 million don't have Idris's. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. Right. That still makes the Idris a very rare ship in the game because it ain't like 10,000 people on the game at one time with their Idris's, you know? Probably 70% of those interests is going to be parked somewhere. Another 20% of those Probably people are asleep yeah. in bed. So maybe 10% of them are in the universe at any given time, right? So, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. th- oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, one of the things I noticed, you know, I do read Spectrum mm-hmm. a fair amount. And one of the things I do notice on Spectrum, are, there's quite often like two totally different perspectives of, of longtime backers versus, you know, newer backers, where a lot of longtime backers feel um, that CIG doesn't look after them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're only chasing, quote, new money. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you know, and it's weird because I'm sort of in the middle of these two groups. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, a lot of newer backers say that CIG caters too much to to <laughs> the longer time backers and they got everything anyway they got squadron 42 for free <laughs> they got a piano with their you know constellation mm-hmm. phoenix and it, it's it's interesting that both sides have this like sort of well cynicism towards mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. or towards cig but for totally opposite Different reasons yeah 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 it, it is weird it's 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 a weird situation and again it's difficult listen I, i'm not blaming anybody for living in the moment because that's all we have right you know, trying to project into the future is very difficult, you know, and it, it, it's just like, you know, right now we, we, we could talk about the game that's in our hands, even though we know that the game in our hands is not the game is going to always be at the end. It's a very weird space to be in when it comes down to a video game. You know, um, for those of us who've been here from the very beginning, I, guys, I wish I, I wish we could show you what this was like in the early days when there was nothing but Arena Commander, when there was nothing oh. but the physical hangar. And all you could do, all you could do was walk in, pick up a helmet and flip it and put it on your head. And And we loved it. And you were excited (laughs) over that. That was all you could do. And you walked in and all you had was an Aurora that sat on the floor that 
all you could do is open the door and yeah. sit inside and stare. Nothing turned on, nothing flipped, nothing. You couldn't click on anything. There were no hands to move. <laughs> and you'd get out and you'd walk around the ship a few times and you'd log out. And that was all you had. That was all you had, you know. Um, so to see that progression over the years for many of us, it, don't get me wrong. It's not that it's not frustrating, but we have a certain perspective about the game because we've seen that arc of development over a period of time. But then there's the new people who get to come in and didn't have to experience all that stuff. And they get to come in and go on a ship that to them is just simply amazing. Remember the the, the, the guy we talked about, Fast Cart, when the, when the ramp of the carrot came down, he literally broke yeah. down and couldn't believe right. it, he, you know? He started crying. Yeah, crying. you know, we, 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 we me and you run to the ramp, push the button, go on. No <laughs> pun care about it, you know? Did he come over from Elite Dangerous? Yes, yes. That's why. Yeah, yeah, he had never <laughs> seen that, you know? And so, you know, the, you, like you said, Jade, you can have people on these very left and right sides of this whole thing who have different attitudes about the process of how this development is going. But anyway, that's it. Uh, entitlement, cynicism, and sunk cost fallacy. We're going to move past that one, gang. Let's go on to the next one here. Oh, mm hmm. Do you feel CIG gives equal attention to concerns? of the casual and the hardcore gamer. I'm going to go to you first on this one, Jade. Um, you know, there's always this conversation about the game being something accessible that people can, anybody can come in and play. Mm -hmm. And then there are the people that we know are like the ace pilots who come in and they want, you know, uh, what's the word, dogfighting to be a certain way that, you know, that sounds like it's outside yeah. of the thing for the casual or the person who's a heavy pirater, but then you've got the casual who just wants to come in and relax and have a glass of wine and do their salvaging. Um, what are your feelings about CIG? Do you think the CIG listens to one more than the other? Sometimes they try to be balanced, that there's no balance. Um, you don't you don't really know where they are. What's your feeling? Wow, you know, th this, is, this is a question where my view on it has changed over time. Okay. It's okay, people, you can change your views <laughs> over time. You don't have to, no, you're, you're not married. No, no. <laughs> you're not married. <laughs> um, you know, I used to think that it was fairly balanced. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think they, they strive towards balance. Okay. I still believe they strive towards balance. Mm -hmm. However, I would say that they cater, in terms of the game mechanics that, you know, we're all, all of us that pay a lot of attention to development mm -hmm. that are supposed to be in the game, it's more of a hardcore game. Mm -hmm. the, the released version of Star Citizen from, you know, w what we've heard from, you know, Chris Robertson at Citizen Clans is a game that most casual players, you know, like, I don't know that they want to move their own cargo. I don't, I kind of doubt it. I don't know that they're going to have to want to have to worry about going to the bathroom, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, some of the, these mechanics that are in the game don't speak to a, a casual gamer. Like, yep, I'm just going to sit down and play this for two hours. Um, on the other hand, I do think they are trying to make it accessible for casual gamers. A lot of the new uh, UI stuff, right, that, we, yeah. that we've seen recently. Yeah. Um, I love it because I'm a, I'm a game. I play Star Citizen on a gamepad, on an Xbox mm -hmm. One controller, mm -hmm. right? So for a lot of people, you know, right, and I tell them that I get a, you know, a sort of a like funny look or, you know, 
they're like, what? Right? Like, th- this is a PC game. We're not supposed to use that. Mm-hmm. But to you know, to them, I'm a casual gamer because I use this, even mm-hmm. though I'm not. Um, and so I, I think CIG, in some respects, you know, they really want to appeal to everybody. And I hope that they can. But I do think that the dream of Chris Roberts is an appeal to people that are going to be a bit more hardcore than the average gamer. Somebody isn't going to just want to jump in. Somebody's not going to want to jump into Star Citizen if they, you know, expecting what a lot of people would call an arcade experience, right? Yeah, that's that's it's more punishing than that. Okay, fair enough. FC, what about you? What do you think? Casual, hardcore? See, my question becomes: This is my perception. And um, I'm I may be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'm I'm fine with it. My perception is like I think the casual player will stick around longer, and hardcore players tend to bounce between games more. So, I I think CIG would want to cater to the people who may stick around longer and and, and play more than the um, people. Someone who's like, oh, this is just the flavor of, of the month. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe hardcore. There are some hardcores who who, who will stick around, uh, you know, longer because they this is the Star Citizen Squad for the may deliver us an experience that they, they can they cannot get anywhere else. But I think overall, that that's my perception. I, I, am I wrong about that or? I don't think you're wrong. I do understand what you're saying about it. Um... But you know, I, this this kind of lends itself more toward what I've started to wonder about Star, and I've said this before too, whether Star Citizen will be an Eve. Eve has a very dedicated group of people that play it, but it's it's niche. You can say it's a space, whatever. But people who play Starfield are not necessarily, you know what I'm saying? It, it's a, it, I'm not saying yeah. the Eve players don't play Starfield, but I am saying that Eve players are Eve players. They're, they're very dedicated to the game. Um, I mean, like deeply You're dedicated to the game. Hmm? What you're saying is, you play will go to Starfield and come back to Eve. Oh, absolutely! Oh, absolutely! Yeah. There are a lot of Starfield people who couldn't survive in Eve. May, may go to Eve for, for a while. May you're, not necessarily come back. Come you're back a freaking casual. You're a casual if you're playing Starfield. You, <laughs> you are, and 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 there are parts of me to Jade's point, and you know it's very difficult for us because we've been in this process. Was like the, like the other day, I was talking with some people, and they were asking me about shortcuts on how to do something, and I named like. I, don't, I named like five workarounds, one right behind the other, and we all chuckled because we were like, "Man, if you don't know these workarounds, you can't get through the game." You know, one of them was <laughs> one of them. One of them was like they were in a bunker and they couldn't. Their gun stopped firing, and I said, "Just drop it on the ground, pick it back up." The another one was my backpack disappeared. Take it off, lay it on the ground. It'll show up, pick it back up. You know, you know. I'm just saying now that's those are workarounds for the game being buggy. But even without those, you guys have looked at the freaking keyboard thing. You know, some of these keys have hold shift and D, hold alt and D, hold shift alt and D, hold D. <laughs> you know, four commands on one freaking key. And, right. and, and then there's the dynamics of the skills that you have to learn when you're mining different minerals, the, the various uh, p- passives and the, the com- things you can put in and it, it, all that stuff. When you add it up, there's a huge learning curve to playing this game. Now, the cool thing about this, unlike Eve, is that Eve's art, uh, learning curve goes like this. You know, it literally like shoots straight up. Star Citizen's goals more like this. You know, you can go as deep as you want, but you don't have to necessarily be able to jump to a top 10 mercenary pilot at the very beginning. Now that's for right now. I'm thinking, wondering whether or not to Jade's point, how casual will we call a casual person later on? A casual person may be casual in their gameplay in the sense of how much time they put in. 
but their knowledge base of playing Star Citizen won't be a casual one. There will be a lot that, that they'll have to learn. That's going to be my other question. How do you, how do you define casual and how do you define hardcore? Because our definition may, may change yeah. over, over time. Because, I mean, some people may look at us and say, oh, our Star Citizen players are hardcore. Because, you know, you know, they may be playing on, on their, on their um, mobile devices or a game like that, where, yeah. you know, I don't know, someone playing Flight Simulator may say that we're all casual, so. Yeah. I wasn't really a PC gamer until Star Citizen. Mm. This was literally my first PC game. Mm. Yeah. So, and I, like, you know, you both know this. I came from mobile games and mm -hmm. Second Life to, mm -hmm. like, a console version of um, No Man's Sky when it first came out, mm -hmm. straight to Star Citizen. Mm. Right? So, yeah. my idea of what's casual and hardcore it might be a little bit different. different. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say everybody that's playing Star Citizen Alpha right now. Mm -hmm. Is hardcore because you're dealing with bugs. Yeah, yeah, you agreed, know? agreed. Yeah, agreed. There could be casual, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not even sure what's like. <laughs> okay, like an Eve, uh, fast cart. You know when you mind an Eve, right? Now this thing, guys. Even though I said hard, Eve is hardcore. Let me explain something. When you mind an Eve, you went to a rock and you clicked on a button, turned on your laser, and that was all you did. <laughs> There's nothing hardcore about that. But the process... Well, you, had, you, you, you had to mind your stores every once in a while, but other than that... That was it, right? Did. But the process, though, of, you know, building your ship up, doing all that, that's where the hardcore side of it came up from, right? And battles became the hardcore part of it. Um, do I think CIG lends itself one toward the other? I, I agree with you, Jade, 100% that I think they are trying to walk that tightrope, you know, of how to create the balance. I've talked to people who've told me that there are certain people who say things in the gaming, in our community... Uh, that have some form of influence sometimes like it's the ace pilots or maybe it's a content creator or whatever they'll say something and it seems like cig responds to them maybe sometimes they do maybe sometimes they don't what's always interesting to me though is that it seems like even if the pendulum swings one way eventually it starts to center itself back the other way sometimes it takes time for that and that doesn't happen all the time but a lot of times, I remember in particular was when we went from the jousting speeds. Remember that Jade back in the day? Yes. And 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 the ace pilots were no slow down the ships. What do you mean slow down the ships? Blah 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 blah. You know. And uh, even I know I even questioned about man. I mean I get slowing them down, but uh, how much slower are you yeah, going to make them? You know. Way. I'm like slowing them down. Yeah. How okay. much slower? You know. Because <laughs> there was something exhilarating about fighting at those speeds, but the reality was you weren't fighting. You know, you really weren't. You know. And so one of the guys said something on SCL just recently about that. He said that um, you're, what you're doing is locking onto a, 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 a UI. You, you don't even see the ship. You know what I mean? Just see a marker. That's all you see. And they said, no, we want this thing to be engaging. And I, and I get it now. So the pendulum has swung back the other way. Now, will it swing back the other way a little bit more later? Maybe. We'll see what happens. But striking that balance so that you're not going to get that person who first time comes in, goes out there and has a battle. But what you do want them to do is not get so frustrated that it's so hardcore that I've got to be like an armor three person. You know what I mean? To be able to fly this ship. It may be frustrating to get out the hangar the first time, the second. And we've seen this happen. I remember when the Seulin came out. <laughs> People were banging that thing all around hangers trying to get out of the hangar with it, right? Um, but some people tried. To, I've seen new players come in, two, three and you see them on that fifth try and they're excited that they got out of the hangar. That's what CIG has got to be able to make the game do so that when casuals do come in, they don't feel like this game is impossible for me to do. And, and that's yeah, going to be a tough thing for them to do.
But Griffin, we know that you know once we do it two or three times, it'll get boring. We won't we won't want to do that. Oh, yeah, we won't want to. Yeah, we won't want to walk on our ships anymore. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, very cool. All right, we'll go on to the next one here. Okay, this is a different type of question for you guys. What impact could the success or failure of Star Citizen or Squadron Forty Two have on the gaming industry? FC, I go to you first this time. What is the is what impacts do you see? What are some possible things if Star Citizen or Squadron are successful or if they fail on the industry? If if they're successful, I think we'll see more people trying to crowdfund ideas or, or gaming and try to turn it into an, another Star Citizen. Probably won't because you know the whole works of what do you say dominoes or uh stuff that just happened to ha happen or the light the lightning doesn't necessarily have to strike twice mm -hmm. so I, I i can't imagine another ip having the success to start citizen garden for to have well, let me ask think, let me ask you a question what yeah. makes this one what makes this crowdfunding success i mean crowdfunding is not new for games right right, 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 right. so it's not that somebody's going to go out and crowdfund because people have been doing that but what's distinctive about this one though what is, what is it when it, let's, let's let's assume that everything goes well star citizen comes out squadron comes out they're both fairly successful what is the that lightning in the bottle you think that someone would have to take to you know what would they mimic what what, what changes what what's the impact because raising money isn't the issue what what is the issue that comes out of star citizens model I uh, don't have to have a name similar, not similar, but mm. uh, like like a, a well-known name. Fritz Roberts is mm. well-known. Mm. Um, uh, the issue now is that people like it, it, it was 2012, so this is 12 years later. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people now don't know who Chris Roberts is compared to, to 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, the, so that, that 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 was more difficult to to, um, to replicate. Um, we have to have a, a, a an idea. Or like, remember at the time, base game wasn't a thing when 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 he, when he kicked started. Mm -hmm. So it had to be something like timing. Haven't seen timing. In a while. Maybe timing. Mm -hmm. Timing. The mm -hmm. timing exactly. Mm -hmm. And you know, it had to be something something that just clicked with the um with the player base. And they, they, and they, you your another example. Um, people who made X Wing. Mm -hmm. Lucas Arts game. They mm -hmm. tried to kickstart a game. Mm -hmm. The issue was they had the name, they had the idea, but the the um the thing is, I didn't back it because it was PvP only. There was no campaign. Mm -hmm. If it was campaign, I would have been all into that. Mm -hmm. But it was PvP only. So and and as far as I can remember, that kickstarter failed. Yeah, Mad Style said something that I was thinking. Um, Mad Style said that funding like this is a is a unicorn in his opinion, and he doesn't see this happening ever again. And I think Fastcart, you might have said, and Jade, you might feel differently, but I think that Fastcart is hitting on something. And it's the fact that there were a lot of things that, for lack of a better term, the planets were in alignment, if I had to put it in short. Yeah, um, the person, space games had died out, and there were people out there who missed playing those type of games. Um, the PC was being overshadowed by consoles, and there were people who missed pc gaming um chris roberts was a fairly amongst a certain demographic of people well known he was the george lucas he was the wonder kid of gaming and there were a lot of nostalgic people who remembered him um crowdfunding was still it had not reached a net it didn't have a negative connotation at that time 
uh, GoFundMe's yeah, and things like that were on the rise. We were right. We were still willing to give it a chance. Right. GoFundMe's and things were on the rise. So it was, and it was different because people were also slightly fed up. That's pitch about not being restricted by a publisher. There were people who were kind of beginning to get frustrated with some stuff that was being produced, you know, the same old stuff that was being produced. So I think there were some, again, planets that were in alignment. And I think all those things you point, did, I don't think anybody has to have all of those things, but I think that those points you raised, you know, would be things to try to pull from this particular thing. It, we're looking at Star Atlas right now and Star Atlas, for example, has the technology, right? They're doing the Unreal 5, which is a draw for people. Uh, the idea of play to earn is a draw for some people. Uh, the, the, but unfortunately, the guy who's heading it, Michael Wagner, in the gaming industry, it doesn't mean very much. Um, he didn't invest in modern, modern games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you know whether he has all the elements to draw people in. I mean, Braben had the same thing when Elite came out, right? People had almost the same thing for Braben, why Elite got support. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. Um, I'll come back to you on the negative side. Let me go to Jade. Jade, what do you see if if there's success with Squadron or um, or Star Citizen, what, what do you think the impact will be with success side of it? Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm going to picture a universe where both are insanely successful. Okay. One feeding the other. Squadron okay. successful and gets people excited about jumping into the persistent universe. Mm -hmm. They jump into the persistent universe and now they're excited about things like exploration, and you know, doing whatever they want, they're not locked into this this military story mm -hmm. anymore, right? If that, if, if the game that's being developed is ninety percent of what we've been pitched and and what mm -hmm. they've wanted it to be, mm -hmm. I think that the effect on the games industry will be, and, I, and I'm looking at like twenty thirty, uh -huh. so we're talking about. The U.S. going back to the moon in that time, right? Right, right, right. Space is mm. going to be huge, mm. right? Mm. It's going to be all over the news again, mm. right? So that's almost another perfect storm. Yeah. If, if it's if it comes out and it's great, it's going to spawn lots of other space games. It's going to spawn space games that reach the fidelity. Yes, you can drink mm. of Star Citizen, <laughs> and it, it may not reach the scale of it, right? Mm -hmm. But they're going to at least pay attention to a lot of the little details that we take for granted. But then when you go and play something like Starfield or Elite or name your space game, right? Mm -hmm. It's not there, right? Yeah. I think that's the effect it'll have on the games industry. That, that's interesting. That's a real interesting perspective. I didn't think about the actual real world timing. Again, right, the matter of the right time, right? If the timing's right with all these things that you mentioned that we're starting to see unfold, the interest in space is definitely growing more and more, not just amongst the space nerds, but now you know, we're hearing more about it in, in just regular news and everything else. Uh, and if something yeah, there, significant there, there, happens. There's quite a few more uh, space uh, TV shows out now, like yeah. Invasion, yep. uh, For All Mankind, mm -hmm. Mars, what have you. Yeah. 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 If we're talking the 2030s, mm -hmm. there's going to be private space stations in yep. the later part of this decade that are built and in orbit. Yeah. There's going to be, people, you know, people flying, taking flights, right? To the moon. Absolutely. People yeah. are taking flights, civilians yeah. taking flights. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So it's, mm -hmm. space is going to come a lot further down to Earth for you know more people and that might mean that space games become more popular as well that's a great perspective fc doom and gloom 
Now that's difficult for me. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I am a, I am a definitely a glass half full. I know you. I know, but you're also on the light side. But listen, we get the dark, the dark sides of reality. So let's talk about what happens if, if Star Citizen or Squadron Forty Two are a failure. What is the? What do you so, think the impact so, will be? So to paint a picture, what we're saying is, uh, the game does not finish for some reason. CID fraud. Well, let's let's, let's 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 first let's deal with it this way. Persistent universe is running, so I'm not going to talk about that first. Let's go with Squadron. If Squadron okay. comes out and it's not good, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong; okay. people are going to buy it. But if it doesn't do what Jade was saying, if it's like mediocre, if it, it and I hate to use this analogy, if it's a Starfield. <laughs> or an Andromeda, yeah. No, what I'm saying, no, what I'm yeah. saying by that is that people play it, right? Mm -hmm. But in mm -hmm. retrospect, when they walk away from it, it's an okay game. Okay, so if that happens, I think it'll give publishers a huge boon because they'll say, "Oh well, this is what happened when you don't have a publisher." See, but if you didn't have a publisher, and this is what happened, this is why you need a publisher. So mm. I think it'll be much harder for people to try to, to, to try to be independent. Or at least, that's, it'll be harder to come up with something original, something innovative, something technologically. Uh, uh, a technological breakthrough in in the future because yeah. you know to start to to took the chance uh, this is like in, in mm -hmm. the had to happen obviously but one forty two took the chance and and you know yeah see what happened the, the way they hope yeah jade what about you failure wow well you know i you know how i feel about this <laughs> i said it before on this show um so I've done a lot of thinking of this possibility because I honestly feel that because of all of the hype over the years, it's going to be very hard mm. for Squadron 42 to meet the expectations mm -hmm. that, are, that are out there for it. Mm -hmm. So it's almost, I, I don't want to say doomed to fail in some, some people's eyes. But, but destined, destined not to reach people's expectations, maybe? Right. Like you right. said, mediocre. If it ends up being like a mediocre release, mm -hmm. then uh, I would expect it won't have much of an effect on the games industry because they kind of expect that anyway. Mm -hmm. But what it might have an effect on are people's, how can I put it? People, People's willingness to then look at Star Citizen, the persistent universe, mm -hmm. um, as you know something mm -hmm. that they want to get involved with because they'll, they'll confuse the two. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've already seen it the opposite way, where you know when we talk about um, Star Citizen, uh, or sorry, uh, Squadron Forty Two, and people mm -hmm. think it's Squad uh, Star Citizen. Right. It'll be the opposite. Oh, that that's a game that failed. That Squadron game, right? Mm. That's what you're playing when you're playing the persistent universe. That's the effect a failure of Squadron would have is that there there might be I would say probably a temporary um, lull in in the enthusiasm about the persistent universe, but I feel like the persistent universe is a long development thing, long game, right? Like don't think a couple years, think a couple decades, like World of Warcraft, and it, I think that it would probably recover sort of like how No Man's Sky recovered from Right, its, I was going to use that example. Yeah, it, from its launch. Uh, I, I don't feel like a lot of people that, oh, if Squadron fails, CIG's going to fail, and that's it. They're going bankrupt. It's all over. No, I don't feel that at all. I, I, I feel that it's just, you know, going to be a longer um, path to where we all want to be. That's all. No, that's, that's a good point. Um, 
I think Fastcart's point earlier is something, and again, we're talking about like the gaming industry, which I think you guys both addressed very well. Um, I think that Fastcart, to your point, um, I looked at the, we talked about this a few weeks ago too when Baldur's Gate three came out. Um, there was actually a response from some people in the gaming industry, and their response wasn't necessarily congratulations to uh, the company that produced the game. It was, well, this is a one-off, or right. it was just a lucky He's shot. You downplay downplayed it, right? Because putting out a game that does well, at least does as well as that, um, in some ways puts a demand on other companies to say, you need to step up your game because people are now gonna be looking at that company as what's their next game that's gonna be coming out, right? You're gonna be drawing the attention of people who've been playing, for lack of a better term, mediocre games, who are now saying, let's check out this company. You know, well, go ahead, Fescar. I, I have, I have I, I, another positive and another negative. If Squadron 42 and Star Citizen are, are successful, there'll be more people who want to invest in in Star Engine, and more, more developers will want to use Star Engine to make their own game. And the opposite is true if, 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 if it's not successful. Yeah, that is that is another side of the coin. Um, I, I was trying to go, mm, I lost where I was going. Um, oh, my bad. That's okay, that's okay, that's okay. Um, the, the Okay, we were talking about the thing with Boulder's Gate. I was going to write off your point earlier. Uh, we don't think about the fact that there are other companies that are looking at the progress of this game. And to your point, Fastcart, uh, there will be plenty of people out there, the naysayers, who will be very quick. Somebody said it in the uh, chat. I told you so. I told you so. You know, I told you so. Um, it was all a pipe dream. Not that it was a scam, right? But it was too ambitious. It was too much. And I think that the tough part about that, what I remember when I opened up the show earlier and I talked about the fact that there was a time where gamers were the ones who were the dreamers and wanted to push the envelope. What it will do to us gamers is to say, well, if this guy couldn't pull it off, you know, if this company couldn't pull it off uh, with all that money they had, I can hear that speech already with all that money they had <laughs> and all that time they had, they couldn't pull it off. Then that is going to take some, the wind out of players a little bit too. Um, because first of all, I think this is a rare thing that we're seeing happen. You know, this type of time, money investment, you know, workforce invested in a game. And, uh, are we going to say, well, we'll just see somebody else come do it again. I don't know. Look at how much it took to get this far, uh, to quote, uh, Todd Howard from Bethesda games. Uh, I think he said three years or four years into the development of Starfield, his statement was now I know why nobody does games like this you know, four years in. And so, you know, can we expect, to your point, Fescar, can we expect companies to want to make a, to, are they willing to invest the time and resources in to produce that groundbreaking game or will they default to making games that have sufficiently made money, have not create, have not forced them to have to take risk, to your point, right? To risk innovation when they don't have to. This is, this is no different than what we see in the movie industry right now. People keep saying, why do we keep saying remakes of stuff? And so, you know, nobody's doing original writing in films because it's a risk to come up with a script that nobody's ever heard of. But it's not a risk to make, you know, Jason part 13, right? You know what I mean? It, it, we, we know the formula, we can do it. <laughs> oh my God. And the gaming industry has done that. They, they've done that with, you know, multiple versions of games. We see, we just see rehashings of other games. But to truly innovate, 
uh, takes a lot. And there's a lot of risk involved. There is. And when you've got shareholders, shareholders ain't trying to get you to put that risk out there. They just want you to be able to do something that they know that makes money. You know. To your point, Final Fantasy 16 mm-hmm. yeah. is on the horizon. So I mean, you know, and 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 they have uh, different iterations of that. So yeah, that's fair point. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, that's that. All right, we're gonna hit. Uh, we gotta get ready to start wrapping up stuff here. Um, but I wanted to mention this, and this is what I'm. I, this is actually me more talking, and then Fast Carton and uh, Jay can give their thoughts on this because I said I was gonna talk about balance earlier. Um, most of you guys are familiar with the yin yang symbol, two complementary principles of Chinese philosophy. Yin is negative. Yang is positive. Their interaction is thought to maintain the harmony of the universe and to influence everything within it. And the reality is, is that we need both light and dark in this process. Um, light people don't necessarily like the darkness and the dark people don't necessarily like the light people. <laughs> but the reality of it is in order for there to be balance, you know, accountability, support, right? Uh, criticism, praise. Uh, we have to have both. Uh, and sometimes the pendulum seems to swing in one direction more than the other. And that's okay. That's just what's going to happen. Um, but the reality of it is, is that um, as frustrating as it may be, as much as there may be haters out there. You know, I think it's uh, Cat Williams who said, if you got haters, you're doing everything right. <laughs> okay. Mm. You, need to, you need to have some haters in your life because those are the people who are looking at what you're doing. They're spending their energy looking at what you're doing. Okay. And evidently you're doing something. If, but if nobody's out there looking at you and there, that means maybe you ain't doing something. Okay. And, and the vice versa, you know, there needs to be, we don't need to have everybody uh, in the amen, hallelujah side to everything that CIG does. We need to have those people that can call out and say, hey, you know, whoa, slow your roll, or what are you doing? Or, you know, we, maybe we don't like this. Maybe, are you sure you just what you want to go with? We need both sides in the process of this. And um, striking a balance in it, to Jay's point earlier, that tightrope is very difficult. You know, how do you create a game that's from a business standpoint? Obviously, it's great from a business standpoint to have as many people as possible play your game purchase your game, support your game. On the other side, if you make it too accessible and too friendly to everybody under the sun, you could possibly run into the danger of weakening a game so that in the beginning and initial stages of it, it's great. But later on, folks say, well, move on to the next thing. You know, how do you build a base and keep those people playing? How do you make it so deep and, and rich that people feel like they can really immerse themselves in it? And then you've got other people who just want to be able to casually come in and spend 30 minutes or 40 minutes in the game and not have to worry about, you know, what's my game name and everything. You just want to go shoot and do something. How do you do all and that? Not, not, not just spend 30 minutes on the game, but speed run it and, and try to finish it as fast as possible. Well, that's I not going to happen. That no, that's not going to happen. Well, the good thing I, I, about the... No, I don't know how, you, I don't know how you're going to do that in, 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 in an MMO, but yeah. I can see people trying to do that in Final Fantasy 2. Right, but, but that's like saying that in EVE. You know, if you went to EVE, you know there's no such thing. You know what oh I mean? God. So I'm, I'm just <laughs> saying, there's no such thing. You know, that's, a, that's just a slow roll progression. And people will get that. But, my, but to your point, you know, you do... How do you create that balance of making it accessible from a business standpoint, but not so much worrying about business that you create the creative side gets killed and you lose your players in the long run? So... Let me go to Jade first. Jade, you got any thoughts about the balance thing? And then we'll go to fast card. So, so the balance of, you know, 
what you're talking about, like with the hardcore versus casual or mm. the Anything. balance of whatever. Okay. Well, whatever. I, I would, I'll start with, I'll start with that. Um, yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that they need to probably do is figure out what, what the, this is going to what Captain uh, Series Fun has, has said, what their end game is, right? Like for the hmm. people who've got everything, because there, there's people, you know, that own Legata's packages. It can't be ships, mm-hmm. right? Ships, it can't be, that can't be the end game. Mm-hmm. It has to be something beyond that. Mm-hmm. And once they, I think, nail that down, um, that will give the the hardcore you know, gamer at least something like to work towards even beyond ships right. where there might be, like, to me, what it would be would be an expanding universe. And I mean, beyond the hundred systems that we see on the Arc Star map, I'm mm-hmm. talking procedurally generated systems mm-hmm. where there's nothing there mm-hmm. other than resources. Mm-hmm. And you might find one or somebody finds one and your orgs all go in and now you set up your refueling, you set up bases. Mm-hmm. That, to me, that's, that's a great end game mm-hmm. um, because that could be never ending, right? right. right. Ex- expanding universe, right? right. Um, so... Yeah, and then on the other side, you know, you make your game mechanics accessible to somebody that may only have an hour or two to play to where they're not going to necessarily master it, mm-hmm. but they're going to make enough money that they want to come back and play the next right, day. Right, right, That's a good point. Let me yeah. let me address a question that's here because Admiral asks a question and then someone gives a response to it, which I agree. And I think Admiral's question is a valid question, but I think it's in light of how the game is now and how people play the game now. He says, how do you go... Uh, how do you go shoot something in 30 minutes? It takes that long just to get ready and to move to an event location. That's my point. And I agree, the game is designed that way right now. I think one of the things that happens later on, and I think it's uh, Righty Bird right after that says, the trick is to get people to make a home in the game. Then they keep coming back. Uh, Eve basically says that you have a home, but you have to protect your home or you will lose it. So people there are in constant fear of losing everything if they start playing, <laughs> which is true. Interesting trigger for human behavior, which is great. Um, the way the game is structured right now, because it's incomplete, there is that feeling of, wow. Like, I know most people, when I get in the game with them and I ask them, where are you? I can I can tell you one out of 10, do they say, I'm logging in and I'm in my ship. Most people are at a station or at a landing zone. And we all know that to get from your bed... <laughs> I know in our corp, it takes three minutes to run to the spaceport. Three minutes. And that's if I'm just running straight there. And then if my ship is not equipped and if I don't have my armor on and all that, I might spend another five, six minutes doing that. And then by the time I get in my ship, call it, go downstairs, it might take me 15, 20 minutes just to leave the spaceport. When we all know that the game is supposed to be that we're living on our ship. So if I was logged out in my ship in space in orbit somewhere and I logged into the game, I could be to you probably within five minutes, no matter where you are. But most of us don't play that way because there's nothing in the game that demands that of us right now, but we need to start doing that. We need to start doing that. Um, and, and, and so that's what new players are gonna come in and do later. They're not gonna be in the landings unless they just wanna be and they're willing to take that time. But um, Jay, to your point about the expanding universe, and I, 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 agree, I do agree with what you're saying, but I'm gonna give you a perspective. Elite Dangerous, one of the things that killed Elite was the universe was so big. And the only people who were interested in it were the people who were more into the astronomy side of it and everything else. But gameplay side, it got too big. 
And so I think to your point that as this universe continues to expand out, you know, five systems, 10 systems, 20, 30, if we get to 100 systems, I would love it if at some point they did open up something that, you know, we didn't know about it, that let us jump somewhere that they haven't talked about. That would be yeah. amazing. But I honestly believe that over the next, let's just pick a random number of 10 years to 15 years, if they just continue to grow out based upon the scale of the real estate we have now and continue mm -hmm. to allow us to just find things, not because they announced it, <laughs> you know, or put it on a roadmap, but Jay just happened to say, Griff, you guys need to show up at such and such, such and such. I just came across, you know, I think that we'll see that expansion, but I would love for them to do what you're saying. I really would. I just worry about if we get too far out into space, the interaction dynamic might get lost. Well, you know, you know what I mean? That's a, that's a good point. But I think there's a certain amount of, uh, there's a certain type of persons drawn to space games mm -hmm. and a lot of them don't want interaction. True. They, True that. They want to True that. They just out. want to go out. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah if it's from that aspect, yes. And, and you know, yeah. either mind by themselves or explore yep. as a lone explorer or whatever. Yep. And I, I feel even some of, like, look at that Karagad. Mm -hmm. The Karagad does, it's, it's in contrast that to the old constellation, Gila <laughs> ad, yeah. where you had a whole crew on the bridge mm -hmm. and the, and the Karagad, it's just one person explore, right. right? And so I, I think, you know, even their marketing sort of appeals to that. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned something else that it, it totally answers another question you had mm -hmm. about how do you make it appealing to the casual gamer? Mm -hmm. When I say expanded universe now, I'm not just talking about outward, <laughs> I'm talking about inward. Yeah. More things to do around landing zones, oh, yeah. jobs, things like that. Content yes. that's around the, these cities and mm -hmm. on these planets. I, I would love it if in the future, you don't necessarily even have to leave a planet. Yeah. Have a very interesting star citizen life. Absolutely. 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 FC. So I, I was going to try to address the, the balance part of, okay. of, of, of this um, part. Sure. So uh, in my opinion, I'm not a, you know, don't have a degree or anything like that. My opinion, if there's too much dark, nothing will, nothing will get made because, mm -hmm. you know, everything's criti uh, criticizing, overly critical. And, you know, it, it is hard to, to agree on, on what, um, what road to take or what path to take. Mm -hmm. If there's too much light, you just have too many yet people not giving criticism when it's warranted. And, right. that may, and that may lead to the game not being fun or not being open to uh, hard, hardcore or casual. It'll just be a math game. Mm -hmm. So I think that you, you do need a balance between the two. Where the balance is, I don't know. But I, if, if it's too dark, nothing will get made. Too light, um, it won't be a fun game. Mm. Good point. My opinion. No, you guys both share great opinions. I mean, absolutely. Um, Jade was just touching on something that we've been talking about a couple of weeks ago, and and I agree with her 100. percent The um, we we there's so much that we don't. Yeah, boy, it's so difficult. There's so much stuff that I think that they want to do with this game. Uh, I was just watching a video last night from Citizen Con. I don't know if from Jade. Do you remember when the when they uh, were first showing us the UI, because I wanted to review the UI thing with the Moby Glass and stuff. Yes. And, and they were showing the uh, the radiation leak that's down at Orison. And yes. the person goes over to the thing and fixes the radiation leak, right? I mean, this is stuff that's not there now, but we right. see the structures there. It's ready to go, right? Right. And so and like- they're working on building interiors. Exactly. The building interiors, right. The, the new distribution centers, right? All these things that, that, like you said, it doesn't necessarily mean, for the person who, we did this and we we're talking about this in galaxies 
there were people in galaxies who never left their planet. They stayed on their planet and ran their business and their economy and built their home and 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 did a whole thing there. Then there were people who were just spacefarers, right? That, that's all they wanted to do was go out in space and do things. And if they can continue to create a world that does that, again, dark and light, you know, some people who have a very focused area of what they want to do and then the people who want to expand further. Um, I think that CIG is going to provide both of those. And to your point, Fast Car, creating that balance for the casual, the hardcore player, um, you know, criticism, you know, support, all that's got to be a part of the process of this thing. Um, even though, again, I, don't get me wrong, I do get upset. When I hear negativity about the game, it bothers me. But that's just me because y'all raining on my parade because I'm trying to be a happy person. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but, but I ain't mad at you. You know, it's, it's just that I really want to see this thing happen. And uh, I know that there are so many hurdles out there already for this project um, that they have to that they have to overcome. And they're real hurdles. They're technological hurdles, resource hurdles, um, vision hurdles. You know, uh, Chris can come up with something that these jokers are like, man, I don't know if we can pull this off. You know, I mean, there's a lot of hurdles out there that they have to get past. And I'm trying not to be in a hurdle. I'm trying not to be one of the hurdles. But I also... If I, I, you guys know, if I want to say something negative, I, and I have, I've said things sometimes where it's like, hey guys, I don't know what y'all doing, but y'all need to reconsider this. Um, and I think we do need to have all that. We need to have both sides of the coin with this project. Okay. All right, gang. Well, you guys got to hear our opinions and uh, got to hear my family yelling the in the background. We have one more, do we? Yeah. What do you think backers do, can do to find a balance? Oh, that goes with, that goes with this. Oh, that was for okay. you guys. That was the that was the one for you guys. Yeah. Okay. That was the question oh, I was going to ask you guys. Back. You remember I said there was. Remember I said I remember I said I had something to ask you guys. That was part. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, that was my second thing. Yeah, 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 actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. So go like, ahead. Okay, okay. Put it on you guys. I mean, like in terms of being like overly critical or overly. Well, like, I'm just going to throw the question out there. Yeah, let me ask. Let me tell the people what the question is. Do you feel CIG? I'm sorry, that was the wrong one. Sorry. Um, blah, 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 blah. what was the fast card said again? I'm sorry. <laughs> What do you think bashers can do to find a balance? That's what yeah. you wanted to do. Yeah. What, what, do you, what, what would you suggest? Can do to find a balance? Yeah. What would you suggest that backers do? You know, if they find themselves on the too much on the light side, too much on the dark side. I, I would say, always look at where if you're getting your information from somewhere, and yeah, I, nobody wants to admit that their ideas are not their own, right? I, mm -hmm. I get that, but everybody's influenced. I mean, there's a whole advertising industry. That's what their job is to do, right? Um, and when you watch a content creator, you're being influenced. You may not necessarily know that you are, but you are. And if you, if you feel that, you know, maybe I'm a little too negative or maybe I'm too positive, maybe, you know, I should be a little bit more critical. Don't necessarily just go to the opposite other side of <laughs> the content creation or articles. Look instead at evidence, mm. right? Only only care about what you can evaluate, mm -hmm. and, and don't don't look at narratives and personalities. Take all of that out of the equation, and just look at evidence. Has CIG delivered things over time that they said yes? Have they not delivered some things that are still in the works? Yes. So maybe then you don't have to necessarily choose a side. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's it's a good idea to take a wait and see approach and, and just look where the evidence leads you 
And it's okay, again, like I said, it's okay to change your mind over time. You don't have to, because you've defended the game, feel that you always have to defend it. Likewise, if you've been super critical of the game, and now it's actually, you know, coming together in 2024, and you're seeing all this new stuff being put in, you don't have to double down on being hypercritical and, and you know, picking apart everything, uh, you know, in an irrational way. If there's good things, be happy there's good things, right? And and it's okay to change your opinion and say, yeah, I didn't believe that they could deliver this, but here it is. Mm. I believe it now. I'm good. Okay. That's all. Fair. FC? Uh, I kind of sort of took what I was going to say, but I'm, I'm just going to put a different spin on it. If you feel like you're probably on too much on the dark side, uh, play a different game for a while and come back after a few patches because, you, you know, you, you, the, the game is, is evolving and you may feel differently depending on what your dark side uh, opinions are. But if you're too much on the light side, I don't know, come on to Soul Talk on Thursday at 8 p.m. <laughs> at 8, 9 p.m. Eastern. Come on Soul Voices on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern and tell us what you think about what's going on in Star Citizen that week. Because, you know, some of us have a, 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 a very different opinions and, you know, we, we, we may be able to calm, to calm you down a bit. Or we might agree with you. Yeah, you know? no, we might agree with you. Yeah, you know the, the reality most is likely we will agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Before the show started, one of the things we talked about was the fact that it's very difficult these days because we all live in bubbles, information bubbles, and many of those bubbles are bubbles that are not necessarily under our control. Uh, we may think we control them, but you know, information is fed to us, and it's usually information that we agree with. So, hearing information that we don't agree with uh, can be a very difficult thing from time to time. And sometimes um, we also don't like that because it challenges us in what we believe ourselves. There are our own positions. Uh, most of us don't like being challenged in our positions because that's something that we embrace. And uh, if our position is an incorrect position, uh, it takes a lot to acknowledge the fact that, hey, maybe I was off or maybe I was wrong or maybe I didn't have all the information I needed. Uh, but we have to give room for that. And um, my my thing is that we try to give room for that. You know, we we're not by any means saying that the soul citizens know everything about the development of this game and can tell you all the right things. Um, we we learn from each other. We learn from you guys. Uh, we've gone out and said, hey, this we had this wrong before. We had some information wrong because that happens. There's so much. We're talking twelve years of information, thousands of hours of video, thousands of pages, websites, resources, third party information, uh, emails, newsletters, all this stuff that's out there. And it's very easy to say, oh, well, the information's out there. People just need to go find it. Yeah, uh, 12 years of information. Yeah, right. Um, so it's, it's very easy. But but we do want to encourage you to ask people, talk to people that you trust, but also do the research yourself. Look up things. Um, and, and there are some things that are hazy with CIG. They're still navigating this, too. Not all the answers are there from their perspective either. Uh, but give a little bit of room for that, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. They're a company. They're a business. And we do want to hold them accountable but also understand that we're taking a journey with them and that's what they've asked us to do. So um, yeah, that, that's, that's all I'm gonna say about that. We gotta get ready to take a break here. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, um, this is uh, Black History Month for us and we, in the United States it is at least, we have uh, been highlighting different folks. Jade, I think you're gonna really like this one. You may know about it because you were a console player. If you didn't, then I know it's gonna bring a smile to your face. And if you do, it's gonna bring a smile to your face. But I wanna be able to bring up someone that I've been wanting to highlight for the last couple of years, but last year we got into space. 
This year I'm going into gaming a little bit and fun. So let's take a look at, I can shut my family down in the background. Let's, uh, let's watch this, <laughs> let's watch this video. Here we go. This is the Fairchild Channel F video game console. Never heard of it? Well, you should have. It was the very first at-home video game console that allowed users to play different games using removable cartridges. Sound familiar? That's because companies like Nintendo and Atari followed suit and popularized removable cartridges. Until that time, people could only play games that were built into the console themselves. This console, to put it lightly, changed the face of video games as we know it. The original console was invented by Jerry Lawson in 1976, who revolutionized the at-home gaming market with his leadership and innovation. Jerry is now known as the father of modern gaming. He was a pioneer for video games first and foremost, but he was also one of the only African-American engineers in his field. Jerry Lawson was born in Brooklyn in 1940 and always had a love for science and engineering. Growing up in Queens from a young age, his role model was George Washington Carver, another prominent black inventor. I had a picture of George Washington Carver on the wall next to my desk, he said to Vintage Computing and Gaming. His first grade teacher told him, this could be you. He told the publication that this kind of influence led me to feel I wanted to be a scientist. I wanted to be something. He was self-taught. At the age of 13, he received his amateur ham radio license and would save up money he earned from repairing television sets to build his own station in his room. In 1970, he became an applications engineering consultant for Fairchild Semiconductor in Silicon Valley. While he was there, he created the early arcade game Demolition Derby in his garage which became one of the earliest microprocessor-driven games. By the mid-1970s, he became the chief hardware engineer and director of engineering and marketing of the video game division at Fairchild. In that position, he led the development of the Fairchild Channel F console, which was released in 1976. The technology was the first where people could remove cartridges at home. The technology was licensed from Alpex, but Lawson and his team changed the technology in order to use the Fairchild 8 processor, as well as figuring out how to make interchangeable cartridges work without causing electrical damage. Now, people had a stockpile of games at home, creating a new revenue stream for manufacturers through game sales, a foundation that the video game industry relies on today. The Channel F also featured an eight-way joystick designed by Jerry and a pause button, also the very first for an at-home video game console. Unfortunately, other companies caught wind of what Jerry was doing and worked to make versions that were higher powered and with better marketing. And so came the release of the Atari 2600 in 1977, whose popularity overshadowed Jerry's console, making it unsuccessful. But the community begs to differ, as Lawson's innovations as the first person to create removable cartridges and the revenue model that followed earned him the title, the father of modern gaming. Interestingly enough, 
Jerry Lawson was the only black engineer in the homebrew computer club in Silicon Valley, a hobbyist group which included Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. His work didn't go unnoticed though. In 1980, Jerry Lawson left Fairchild to create his own video game development company, Videosoft, which actually made software for the Atari 2600. While Jerry passed away in 2011, it's his legacy that has continued on, not only for video games, but for the barriers he broke and the pathway he forged. That same year, Jerry was honored for his work by the International Game Developers Association. His invention is also on display at the World Video Game Hall of Fame in Rochester, New York. We and video gamers across the world salute you, Jerry for all the work that you've done to help revolutionize the way we play video games today. And every time you hear this sound, thank Jerry Lawson. All right, that's Jerry Lawson. Jade, did you know about Jerry Lawson? No! <laughs> I, my mind is completely... Wow, uh, you just melted it. Okay. Like, I didn't know any of this history. Ah, see? Okay, we learned a little something today. There we go. Awesome. I have a question. Sure. So, I, I was Googling and on Wikipedia... Is Fairchild also the aerospace company? Well, they were an aerospace company. There was one, but I don't know if it's the same company. That's a good question. I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. We'll have to look into it and see. Maybe somebody in chat knows if it's the same one. But uh, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Fast Car, what about you? Were you familiar with Lawson? I think I've heard of him, but I forgot about him. So this was like, uh, no, I don't want to say mind blowing, but I was like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. Fairchild. But no, I, uh, hearing that he was the father of modern gaming, mm -hmm. I, I, I did not recall that. So I, I, I Googled him just now too, just to get more detail because that is cool. I, 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 mm -hmm. I went, uh, the Fairchild, I never heard of, I never heard of that, that console. That was with me. I knew about Lawson with him producing games in Atari and being that title of father of gaming. I did not know about the Fairchild, so that even caught me off guard. So it was very cool. And I thought I'd played, you know, I went back, my, my video gaming console stuff goes back to the time when you didn't have cartridges, you know, but I don't remember hearing about the Fairchild at all. So, but again, you got out marketed, right? I mean, you know, right. my, my, <laughs> Atari. My family had the Atari 2600. <laughs> yep, same here. Yeah, and before that I had an Odyssey and there was something else before that, the Pong thing. But those were, you know, the heart where the games were built into those, you know. But yeah, that's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. So there you go, Jade. Something for console. Yeah, I'm going to download mm -hmm. a Fairchild Channel F emulator uh, <laughs> now just because of this. Uh, I'm so curious. Very what cool. These games are. Yeah, no, yeah. very cool. Glad, glad it was something, something new for all of us, which was, which is good stuff. Okay, gang, we are getting ready to wrap things up. I want to make sure I get fast cards beautiful picture here because i know he's not on the next page that i'm going to go jump to so um let's get you guys caught up with what's going on for this week coming up with soul citizens uh fc why don't you tell people about thursday please thursday come and join us to talk about to talk about star citizen uh what's going on that week and with soul talk 9 p.m eastern 2 a.m utc this is your chance to come into discord and talk with uh, me and, and a few other folks about what's going on with Star Citizen. We talk about ISC, Star Citizen Live, and sneak peek, and whatever else is going on that week. So yes, coming on in and talk with us on Soul Talk. Jake, can you hit voices? Yeah, 
I can. Yeah. Um, but just just oh. to answer a question in chat, oh. yes, we do we do all share a uh, Discord, and I was actually just looking for the link. So if you can do voices, <laughs> okay, I'll sure. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. That's okay. I'll Jake, let Jake do it. Soul Voices Saturday, three p.m. Eastern time. That's with me, um, where we get to talk about things that are in Spectrum, Reddit, and uh, topics that I pick from the gaming industry for us to talk about. And it's a one-on-one. Thursday is the roundtable. Saturday is the one-on-one. You guys can join us 3 p.m. Eastern time. And next Sunday, uh, our show is going to be called Making It Real. Um, This show is about people who are in the Star Citizen community, backers of the community, who create real-life, real-world items for us to be able to say, wow, that is so cool. So we are going to have an angry PC tech who's going to come on and show some of the wonderful items he makes. Uh, We are going to have Victoria, a good friend of ours who we met at um, at, uh, CitizenCon, who's going to come on show some things that he produces. And then last but not least, we're also gonna have on uh, Star Jump Grimm with the folks from over from Star Jump Station who are going to be bringing over some items and things and showing things that they produce in the real world. And these are just amazing things. These people have kind of taken us from the virtual world into the real world. Uh, we may have some other guests too. I'm still waiting on a couple of confirmations, but for sure those people have all confirmed. So that's gonna be next Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And we hope you guys can join us for that because we think it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. And I'm sure you're going to have a lot of questions for these people. Um, yeah, because they're really cool people. <laughs> okay. Um, other than that, I think that is it. I want to uh, get, let me get some shout outs real quick. Fast cart. Do let me go to Jade first. Jade, you got anything coming up that you're going to be doing or in, or you guys doing anything on uh, radio or is yeah, radio I think, uh, this, this week is fast cars week. Okay. Is it? Wait, yep. I'm asking yep. you Fast Court. Okay, yeah, so Fast Court Flights of Rhythm will be on this Friday on the Friday Mix Show 2100 UTC. Okay. On the People's Radio. Um, so twitch.tv slash the People's Radio. Okay. Not only that, you can check me on the uh, captain table yesterday on uh, Actor Pub. Uh, it should be on YouTube sometime soon if it's not up already. It usually, so, he, a fun show. he drops the Saturday show tomorrow, so it'll be up Monday morning. So it'll be up in the morning, morning tomorrow. Morning, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, yeah, it was a great show yesterday. You guys uh, had a long show, but it was a good show. You guys had a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, you guys had a lot of stuff to talk about. Okay, well, listen, thank you guys again for joining us. Those of you who got to hang out with us today, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, we really appreciate you. If you had the game on and listened to us, we really appreciate it. Uh, But thanks again (laughs) for spending time with us today. Um, Don't forget, check out our social media. Don't forget to check out our items. Uh, and tell people about Soul Citizens when you get a chance. Let them know that we're out here. We're going to send you guys over with Dark Hour 717. Uh, he is in the process of doing the EPTU. So when you get over there, let them know that you came over from the Soul Citizens. And again, we really appreciate you guys. We hope you guys have a great week this week. And until next time, thanks for the bits, Captain Sir. Oh, a thousand bits. Ow, thank you so much. We appreciate that. All right, guys. Peace, love, and soul. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.